going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome into the Mayo Media Network. This is Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to hang out. Six games on the ice tonight. I got Griff Dog DFS hanging by. We're going to break it all down. We got some picks, some props. We'll talk DFS, just have a general hockey conversation. We've actually been chatting for about half an hour before we started the show. So uh, it's always fun to talk to Griff. So he's hanging by. But first, it is time for the prize picks play of the day. Make sure you follow the link in the description for our 100% first deposit match over at prizepicks.com. Baseball starting tomorrow. You can mix and match across all the sports that you love. But of course, we are talking hockey here today. And I feel like I've been talking about Miko Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon a lot. I was thinking this morning when I looked at the available options over at PricePix that I wouldn't bring up these guys, but lies. I'm going to bring them up anyways. The numbers are too low. They've been playing too good. Love this matchup against Arizona. So it's just hard to ignore Miko Rantanen at 4.1. Eight goals, 15 points, 36 shots over his last 10 games. Having a great year anyways, but just really this whole line with McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog has been absolutely lit since McKinnon returned to the lineup about 11 games or so. In the month of March, they're number one in shots for, number one in goals for, scoring chances for, number two in high danger chances for. That's at five and five per 60 minutes, according to our friends at Natural Statric, and they've allowed the fewest shots at five and five per 60 minutes. So just dominating. I like McKinnon as well. I like his prop. He's got five goals, 16 points, 37 shots in his past 10 games. He's got 20 shots in his last three games against Arizona, one with 10, one with eight. You're going to do it alone on shots. And they played Arizona three times over the past couple weeks, 39 shots, 34 shots, and 46 shots. So I like both of those guys. And then Kyle Connor going back to this guy. I've been saying it all year. He's usually around 3.4, 3.5. Tonight, he's 3.6. It's too low. It's a tougher matchup against uh, Olsen. Soupy and Campbell in the Leafs, but I still like them. I like the fact that Paul Maurice put Shifley with Ehlers and Connor. It kind of got Shifley going, not needed for Connor. He's been great all year. 17 goals, 35 points in 36 games, 113 shots. It's 3.1 per game, so a nice floor there as well. One goal and five points with 10 shots over a current three-game point streak is what he enters tonight on. Check out prizepicks.com for the latest Let's bring in the Griff Dog, Griff Dog DFS. Griff, you've been doing some wicked work on your YouTube account as well. I encourage everybody to, to subscribe, Griff Dog DFS over on YouTube, and you've been doing some awesome stuff here at the Mayo Media Network as well. Happy Wednesday, man. Yeah, how's it going, dude? Uh, I'm with you, though. It's hard not to talk about those Colorado <laughs> Avalanche. I mean, right. I, I try to do the same thing in my videos where it's like, I'm almost sounding too repetitive at times, but at the same time, how do you ignore those types of numbers that they've been putting up? It's absolutely ridiculous. Not only just that first line, but that team is dominating right now. So yeah, well, I'm sure we'll dive into that here, but I'm right there with you, but yeah, man, I'm in a, I'm in a great mood. actually got uh, quite a few of the boys from Minnesota coming out here this weekend for a bachelor party. So a little skiing and snowboarding and uh, enjoy some adult beverages, all that good stuff. So no, I'm in a great mood, dude. Always love talking hockey with you guys. So looking forward to this six-game slate. That sounds like a great time. Minnesota's on my bucket list. I got to get out there. I, I would love to see a ball game or um, a football game. And yeah, prize picks. I, I mean, there's a couple other. You and I were talking about Dustin Brown off the top 3.1. We'll get into him. But this is a guy who's been shooting a ton and not getting a lot of respect there 3.1. What did you think of Kirill Kaprizov at three? I mentioned him on Monday. He only had the one shot. I still like the matchup against the Sharks. It seems like maybe a bounce back spot for him, but I was a little hesitant to suggest him, even even though it's at three points. Yeah, kind of. I hate to say fallen off a little bit as of late, but I mean, just compared to the way he was playing prior to that, if you do look back at his last, you know, four or five games here, he kind of has a little bit, but that number is really nice. And, you know, it kind of, as we talked about before the show started here, that's an easy number to hit, right? You know, realistically, if he has six shots on net, he's at three right there. Yeah. But one assist, couple shots on net, he's there. So it is an easy number to hit against a San Jose team here that does allow a lot of goals. So, you know, he's he's got a nice number. It is hard to ignore. But, um, yeah, that just that, you know, not a whole lot of offensive production coming from that wild team in general, really, as of the, over the past few games. Um, but it, it is a nice number to say the least. And I'll tell you what, as we bring in Matty Best, uh, this team did not look good in the shootout the other night. They burned us, Matt, on Monday. 
Yeah, I'm uh, pissed off as a little bit of an understatement. Ryan Hartman, you are in my shit books for the rest of Why your career. Why is he career. even shooting? Well, I, I mean, I get it because he's the eighth shooter out of all this whole equation. Ah. But I, I think the storyline, if I didn't have money, what a fun shootout. But since I did, <laughs> no. as soon as like you and I were talking, as soon as Kaprizov missed, it was like... That's that's the tone for the rest of it. And I was working my Sportsnet shift that night, and it was goal, goal, goal. And I said to the group chat there, I was like, can we get a save? And then it was save, save, save. And I was like, what have I done to myself? And then EK goes, here you go. You like money? Not tonight. <laughs> and we were talking off air, too. The reporter had asked him, you know, he had the, he had the two goals and the, and the kind of a hat trick in the shootout. That must have been one of your better offensive games of your career it's like not even close as he bites his apple like have you not watched any sense games over the past 10 years and what he did in the playoffs over the past couple of years yeah erickson eck he missed the net uh hartman high off the glass i think greenway shot oh man there was there was nothing happening after those first three shooters so it was it was tough i think i'm go i'll go back to them tonight yeah me too that team i may not go back to tonight the buffalo sabers let's bring in the sabers and the Flyers here, plus 163 for Buffalo, 12 and 22 against the spread. Total here is six, minus 190 for Philly, 15 and 19, 17, 13 and four. The Sabres have lost, I don't even know, I don't even know now. Is it 18? I think it's 18. Six, 23 and five. This one was brutal. Um, this one, it was, it ripped my heart out. Finally, after talking about them, Griff, all morning and saying, listen, if they're going to beat a team, it, it's going to be the Flyers. Nobody had allowed more goals than them over the past six weeks, five on five per 60. Carter Hart, I thought at the time, was going to get the start. After we recorded the show, he just got benched. He's just away from the team to regroup for a little bit. It's not like Brian Elliott has been any better. Uh, the defense is not great. Shane Gosses Spears on waivers now. I don't know. Free ghost, is he going to get picked up today? I'm not 100% sure. It, the first two periods were really good periods for Buffalo. There wasn't even a moment where I was thinking about hedging and I saw a couple of tweets and a couple of people on our discord who hedge and good on you. It's very, very smart. Congrats. I feel like a sucker, but they were up three, nothing. And they looked like they should have been up five, nothing. They actually had dominated the first 40 minutes and then everything, the first two minutes in Philly goal, everything you needed, right? Those, those checks when you're down by three goals, got to score early check first two minutes, got to score at the halfway mark scored 10 minutes left in the second in the third. Then with two minutes left, and then early, the minute in the overtime, and it was all over. I can't pick Buffalo again. I'm just going to stay away from it. But I kind of like the total at six. Both of these teams have a lot, a lot of goals, Griff. Yeah, that's really where I'm at, too, as well. I don't know. I mean, flip a coin for which team you think is going to win tonight for me. It's funny you mentioned that, too, as well. I mean, what has Brian Elliott got to be thinking? Like, they're just going to throw me to the dogs while we let Carter Hart go on vacation here for a little bit of his mind. Right. And that's concerning if you're a Flyers fan. I mean, obviously Carter Hart, he came in, he did look nice. And then uh, it's just kind of fallen off a little bit this year. So yeah, the goaltender situation definitely sketchy right now in Buffalo. I mean, they got to be giving up at least three and a half goals per game at this point. So yeah, I, I like the total there as well. I don't know if I'd have any confidence in picking one or the other team. Um, you know, maybe Philly does get a little boost after that nice third period and winning in overtime and can carry that momentum into tonight. Um, but yeah, it's going to be more on the over for me, both these teams allowing quite a few goals. And as we just saw the other night, you can score a handful of goals pretty quickly against either one of these teams. So I'll take the over there at six as well. Yeah, just right now for the month of March, just taking a look at it. I got it here. Uh, so goals against per 60 minutes, five and five, 4.25 for Philly. It is by far the most. Buffalo is two at 3.4. And then you get into the Ducks at 3.01. Everybody else is sub three. Like, yeah, that's it funny. has been a rough four weeks. I thought that maybe Buffalo would hang on to that and then we'd wake up and Alan Vigneault would be fired and Michel Therrien would be canned. Uh, I think it's still a possibility if the Flyers continue this way and they don't get into the postseason. It's going to be tough to make the playoffs for them. But yeah, I'm kind of leaning the total and I, I don't really see any props here that I like. Matt, are you a sucker? Are you going to Buffalo? There's no chance, right? We can't no, 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 no. You <laughs> you made you convinced me last show. And Oops. the more it was going on, I was like, yeah, I'll do this. I'm a sucker. But I think this week more there today more than uh on Monday 
the plus 163 is now not enough at all for me to go to it. And I know I said that on Monday, but for real this time, plus 163 for this team is not enough. You might get me if it was around plus 200, but I agree with you guys. I'd like the total here. I like going on the over. Yeah, I mean, we get the free parlay calculator and the free prop shop I mentioned sometimes here um, on the show over at ftnbets.com where you can get the the best possible odds. And I know we, we take a look at at DK quite often. Plus 176 Fandle. It was plus 180 over at, on Fandle as well. Um, so again, you can shop around and get the best possible odds. But I mean, what's the point? Like that was their opportunity. Are they going to feel like, okay, now we're, now we're going to, we're oh we're mad. We lost 18 straight. We blew a three nothing lead. Now we're gonna bring it. It's it doesn't seem like that's the feeling with the team. Like just looking at at the way that they just hang their heads and they're just they're absolutely shook. It's just let's not put our hard earned money on the Buffalo Sabres. If they win, they win. And I'm not putting it on Philly because I just don't trust that team either. So it's, and, it's and you know I mean at what point do they sit Taylor Hall? Right, he's got to be trade bait at this point. I mean. It's going to be sooner than later here. I think it's probably a final nail in the coffin when you're up 3-0 like that, and then you give up four straight in the third in overtime. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Taylor Hall finally just get benched here sooner than later because he's going to get traded more than likely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, Eric Stahl is the first domino. You got to get what they can for all of those guys. Um, all right, so we'll, we'll move on from that one. I, I'm really looking forward to this game. The Jets plus money again, and they're at home plus 118, 27 and nine against the spread, 22, 12 and two on the year. The total here is high, six and a half. Leafs in town minus 137, 12 and 23 against the spread. What do you make of this game? I love it from a DraftKings perspective if I'm just playing people in fantasy. Um, Like you said, you know, Jets are playing really nice right now, but it is always sketchy to kind of bet against this Toronto team this year. I know they haven't been as great here in March compared to how they started the season, but, you know, it doesn't take much for Matthews to rip a couple into the back of the net and it's a 2-0 lead. So I don't know if I'll, I'll bet one team or the other, but I absolutely want to be hammering this game from a DraftKings perspective. We'll probably touch on those players, but there's a lot of different line stacking that we can do here. Um, you know, Jets have kind of shuffled up their top two lines over the past game. Toronto doing a little bit of the same. So really love it from a DFS perspective right now. Um, but in terms of uh, picking one team or the other, I, I really think either one of these teams could win here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is tough uh, to call. I'm looking forward to this matchup, as, as I've been saying. I'm, I have been um, on the Jets here, uh, usually taking them plus money. I know a couple times against the Habs, they were plus money. Even against the Flames there, they took two or three. They were plus money in all three of those games. So, yeah, this is, this is a good one. I mean, Toronto's up at the top, 47 points, 35 games played. Uh, Jets are right behind them. One more game played and, and one point back. So, Highly entertaining. Let's bring in our uh, our Leafs guy here, Matty Best from T Dot. What up? What do you think? <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> minus one thirty seven for the Leafs is a pretty good price. The one thing that I want to be sure of, though, is that Jack Campbell does get the start. If Jack Campbell doesn't get the start, I want nothing to do with the Maple Leafs. I will take the Jets plus one eighteen. Um, it. <laughs> The team is he? he should like every yeah. sign points towards him starting um, with Hutchison and net. It's just you hold on to whatever you're near when the puck goes near him in just anticipation that it's going to find the back of the net. Whereas Soupy, you feel like he has a chance to make a save. Um, we were talking before the show about the lines that the Leafs are trotting out there and seeing Hyman back on that top line just brings some sort of st- stability for Matthews and Marner, which I'm a huge fan of. And honestly, Alex Galchenyuk has looked great alongside Tavares and Nylander just on the eye test alone he is picking up points here and there and like Griff was saying from a DFS perspective I'm a big fan of this game now the interesting part to me is if they're going to tinker with their third line in any such way because I think having two old dudes anchored around Alex Kerfoot is not the way to go I'd like to see Robertson get a chance in the lineup I mean he's part of the taxi squad right now and I'd like to see his speed and his shot just join the top nine just be part of that middle six uh but long story short minus 137 yeah i'll take it tonight yeah it's it's pretty good um 
I think I'm, I think I'm going to lean with the jets, but I, I, I wouldn't hate anybody going either way. I just like that plus money, but it is tough to certainly bet against the Leafs. This is going to be very entertaining. And those three games, there was a three game set not too long ago, right? Matt in Toronto between these two teams. And I think the jets took two of three and five or six points, but the Leafs bad. They outplayed them pretty good. At least in two of those games, it was Connor Hellebuck who, yeah. who looked really strong, but that's part of it with the jets. I mean, if you look deeper into their numbers, they give up a lot. I mean, the Leafs have been pretty tight this year. It's been very impressive. They're not giving up a ton of high danger. Played the Oilers a bunch and just, you know, limiting the chances against that team is is very impressive. But this is what Hellebuck does. He kind of saves their bacon a little bit. He makes them look uh, a lot better than what they normally are. That's why I think the Jets, if they, if, for me to feel like Griff, that they are a true contender, I think they need to, you know, bolster the blue line a little bit. I don't know if they can do that with, you know, I don't know how active this trade deadline is going to be. I'm sure a lot of teams would like a top four defenseman, but that's, I think, what they need. Yeah, absolutely. I think Ekholm's got to be on their radar right now. If they can bring in a guy like that, it's definitely going to solidify that blue line for him. But you're right. I mean, Hellebuck right now, I'm, he's steal, he can steal a game for you the way that he's been playing here over the past six, seven games. I'm just kind of looking at his box score right now here on DraftKings. And he's topped, uh, you know, 900 save percentage here dating back to mid-March. So playing really solid. Um, he is a guy that when, when he gets hot, he plays really well. I think he's the front runner in that North division for the Vesna right now. So um, like the way that he's playing, but yeah, you're right. Definitely need to bolster that blue line just a little bit, but those top two lines look really, really nice for the Winnipeg jets. Assume they, they can do something like that. Um, could definitely go on a run in that North division. No doubt about it. There's a couple shot props I like uh, in this game. So Kyle Connors minus 200 on DK. That's, that's no good. But again, using our free uh, prop shop over at ftnbets.com, you can get him William Hill minus 141, two and a half. Everywhere else is, is yeah, it's minus 200. So it's really tough. I like Marner too. I know he didn't get there last time against the Oilers. He had two shots, but he's had at least three and eight of 10. And a couple of big games too, like four shots, seven shots, six. He had three in a row where he had five shots of so the two game, three games against the jets. He had 11 shots in those three games and something that I've noticed too. And Matt, obviously you can, you can attest to this is the ice time. Remember Babcock, remember those days where Marner and Matthews, they were just kids and they were only getting 17 minutes and Patrick Marlowe was getting more ice time. The minutes here for Marner is cr- it's crazy. 24, 24, 22, 25, 24, 24, 24, 26. Like this guy is playing a ton and I'm, I'm fine with taking his shot. Probably does. Sometimes I feel like he's a pass first guy and he could, he could get eight or nine shots a game. And he's, you know, he's got Matthews on his line. He's shipping it over to him. I understand it, but I really do like his shot prop. And I like the fact that Hyman is there too. Uh, Griff and I were talking before we got on about money puck and a, a graphic that Mike Johnson of TSN showed in the game last night, the, just the top seven lines at five on five, the expected goals, and they were number six, that trio. So it's good to see them back together again. And two lines that were ahead of them are in this next game in Colorado. Of course, no surprise. We rattled a lot of the numbers off the top of the show. The abs are at home and they're heavy favorites against Zona. Mine is 278, 15 and 19 against the spread, 22, 8 and 4 Colorado. The total here is 5.5. Plus two thirty for the Yotes. Uh, Griff, I know you got some numbers on the Abs, man. That that line has been great, and the Burakovsky sod and Kadri line. <laughs> the numbers actually a little bit better for them. The expected goals, but of course, the actual numbers, the goals, the assists, the shots, the points. That McKinnon line is is hot fire right now. They are absolutely dominating right now. And yes, sir, I do have some numbers for everyone. So just over their past 10 games here, this line has combined for 18 goals and 27 assists, 45 points basically over their past 10 games. Those are absolutely ridiculous numbers. They're averaging about 50 DraftKings points per game as a trio as well. So I I hate to say that their floor is like 40 points right now, but (laughs) the way they're playing, you could probably make that argument. And from a betting perspective, you know, the avalanche kind of started slow in terms of uh, at home against the puck line, but just dating back here over their past eight games, they're seven and one on the puck line when playing at home. Now I know Arizona has kind of had, I don't want to say their number, but they've certainly made games close here, probably closer than they should be as of late because the avalanche are absolutely dominating teams right now in terms of shots on net statistics in general. 
but I think I do lean, especially at minus 110. That's not bad at all. I think I definitely do lean towards the puck line here, especially considering the abs look basically unstoppable right now. Yeah, they really do. Uh, Matt, I was looking at uh, just McKinnon. I know Griff knows this because we talked. I think you you went for a drink, and before you came back, we went live. So his last three games against Arizona, McKinnon, I don't want to put you on the spot. It's, it's a crazy number. I don't, wouldn't expect anyone to get it. How many shots do you think Nathan McKinnon has in his last three games against Arizona, which have all come since March 10th? Um, I feel like he had that nine bomb or 10 bomb against him. So I'm going to go with 26. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a crazy number. A well, number. I didn't. Okay. If it's not that crazy, <laughs> let's go a lot lower. Let's go 17. You're, 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 you're close. It's 20. You're right about the big bomb. He had one with eight and one with 10. 26. My God. Um, well, I, I don't know. The way I was like, this I know, sounds I know, like the a way I brought it number. up. Yeah. It's actually not that far off. You're six off. It's not bad. It's pretty good. I know I'm just busting your balls here. But yeah, <laughs> 10 shots against Zona. They won 2 1. And then, then they lost 5 4. But he had eight shots in that game as well. He had seven in his last time out. And the puck line or the puck report video i do for ftn it was just like you know what if you can find any avenue shot prop just take it take it over makar landis gog mckinnon i feel the same way ran and all of the guys codry didn't hit the other night he had two but i'm fine with him too uh, but Rantanen again is juice i think he just got to shop around i don't just chuck him in here quickly into the prop shop he's not even here right now so I'm seeing him at minus 182 here on DraftKings at two and a half. Would you even take that? Would you just put it in parlays? Would you just pass That's on probably it? what I do. I mean, what I typically try to do when it comes to shot props for me is I'll lay out anywhere from two to five on a night that I really, really like. And what I'm trying to do is find two and a half. I don't love three and a half. Obviously, there's guys like Ovi, Pasta, McKinnon who can hit yeah. that pretty consistently, Pacioretty. But I try to stick to two and a half. And so... If I am rolling out, let's say, four props here tonight, then yes, I'll definitely take someone like Miko Rantanen at minus 182. And I honestly wouldn't be afraid to put two units on that either. Just kind of take a, put a little more um, on, on my side as well. But it does make for a nice parlay. Let's say you get three shot props that you absolutely love. You can add a guy like Miko that's just going to boost it even more because you're adding that fourth player. So, yeah, I don't love the minus 182. If I did, I'd probably bet two units on it, and then I'd probably parlay it with something else. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, th this is a bit of a tougher matchup, I think, than the one on Monday. They played the Ducks, but we had over over at FTN, we had the two-point night for McKenna. That's tough. I don't like to, to do that too much, but the board was weird, and there wasn't a lot that I was feeling in, from games. If you wanted to, to get involved with the two points for McKennan, he's plus 150, Randon's plus 165. Those guys are, are two points. But again, I, I did take a look at the prop shop. You can get, uh, if you if you can play William Hill, I mean, you're loving it because you can get Kyle Connor at, you know, minus 141, two and a half. You can get Randon minus 145, two and a half. Ooh. You can get McKennan uh, to your point, the three and a half minus 141. And then Landry, two and a half is minus 125. So uh, William Hill has it going on right now. And on DK, Gabriel Landeskog is minus one forty three, two and a half, two. All three have been just absolutely uh, right. lights out. So, uh, shop around, see what you can get uh, for that uh, for that matchup. I, I was gonna. Is there anything? Uh, I was gonna do Clayton Keller. I just I was gonna pick on Keller a little bit, but he's been actually pretty good. So I'm not gonna go there. I mean, the, the, the only concern is that, you know, the Avalanche take control of this game yeah. again. I mean, the last last few games that they played, you know what? Arizona did make it a tight, tight game. I think, what did they win in overtime? 5-4 in Arizona last time they played. But if you just look back at the last two games that were played here in Denver, I mean, I think Colorado had 40-plus shots in both games, and they limited the Coyotes to 14 in both games. Now, they ended up being a lot closer than they probably should have been, but it's no joke. I mean, if you got watch these guys play live, that first line is obviously dominating, but you're even getting production from that third line from uh, Tyson Joe's oh, Donskoy too. Yeah. Donskoy's playing really well. So, I mean, it's, it, it's a whole team effort and that, that blue line looks really good too. They did split up Taves and Makar, um, which 
from a DraftKings perspective, I don't love it, but just in terms of trying to spread out the depth a little bit, I mean, you can go back, you can play those two 23 plus minutes per night on your number one and two pairings. So yeah, Clayton Keller's played well here, but I am hesitant to play anybody against the Colorado Avalanche right now, unless you're playing a GPP and you want to go, you know what, I'm just going to try and get super contrarian here. That's one way you can do it. But the Avalanche look like the best team in hockey right now, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I agree. They, they really do. And especially if Philip Grubauer is in there, right? I mean, he's not even facing a lot of rubber, but when, you know, you get some shots on him and he's got a 9-2-9 save percentage, a 1.74 goals against average, 21-7-1 with five shutouts. Man, he's been great. Okay, we'll move on. Mini and San Jose. Uh, we already talked earlier about our hearts being broke by uh, the Wilds. They're minus 150 here in the, the rematch, plus 128 for the Sharks, 2014 against the spread, 14, 16, and four on the season. The total here is 5.5. Mini's 21, 10, and two. The goals have dried up a bit. You know, some of their numbers still creating a lot offensively, but, you know, they're having a good year. We know that. I mean, they're 21, 10, and two. They're 7-2-1 in their last 10 games. They're very dominant at home. Of course, this game is in San Jose. They're 8-7-2 on the road compared to 13-3 at home. I, I like them in this bounce-back spot. I think that they're a better team, but the Sharks have been... Griff, they've been hanging around, man. I think I feel like ever since Thomas Hurdle came back and we missed some time with, with COVID, it's given them you know a couple lines. Carlson looked pretty good in that game. Obviously, he scored the two goals. He was very active in overtime. He looks healthy. I'm going to lean with many. I'm kind of feeling the under in this game, but at this, with this price, I'm just trying not to think about the last game too much and that it could be a bounce back spot here. Uh, what do you think? No, I agree with you as well. Um, you know, sharks do tend to allow quite a few goals. I think they're fourth, fourth most in goals allowed per game here this year, but at the same time, you know, Minnesota is not a team that, you know, is going to win a bunch of games by scoring four or five goals. They do play more of that defensive style. Yeah. I lean Minnesota as well. Cam Talbot was fine the other night, but his record on the road is slightly concerning. He's two, five and two on the road compared to seven and zero at home. Um, but, you know, he wasn't horrible the other night. So I guess it, you, we could very well could see Lankanen in there tonight or Kakanen in there tonight, excuse me, Lankanen. He's playing really well for Chicago though. Um, but yeah, Kakanen, yeah, playing lights out. Uh, Kakanen though, I, I don't know who will get the start here. He's, you know, certainly been better on the road himself with a six and two record. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little hesitant to, to pick one or the other, um, but I guess if I did have to throw it down, it probably would be on the Minnesota side. But yeah, I like the under there, especially considering it's plus money at plus 102 right now. Uh, so I take that. But I, I do think this game could go either way. What do you think, Matt? I Yeah, I think what you said is brilliant. It's just we need to completely forget about Minnesota breaking our hearts and just go to that line because it's not a bad line at all. Um, I'm all over it. Minus 150, I think they'll be a part of my parlays. And you do bring up good points, talking about how the Sharks have just looked better, how Thomas Hurdle has made that team look better as a whole. Um, my favorite play here is the money line for the Wild. My second favorite play is the under on the total. Those are the two coming into the show that I was thinking about, and I'm just glad you uh, reinforced that for me. Yeah, I think Griff's definitely on to something with uh, the total and the, and the plus money. It's, it's pretty solid there. This is the first of a back-to-back, -back, so maybe we see Talbot. I've been surprised how much they've played Talbot, to be honest. Like, he has looked great. I mean, he's got a 9-2-5 save percentage, but it's it's been a handful of games in a row now. There was a back-to-back -back that I was shocked, Griff, that they I mean he played well against the Ducks, and then they had the Blues the next night. And I was like, oh, wow, Cam Talbot's starting again. Okay. Um, and then he had a shutout. So, I mean, what do I know? It was, it's obviously, it was, a, it was a good call. Right. No, and super surprising considering the way Kakinen was yes. going into that. I think he was like at 8-0 or 9-0 at one point where he just wanted an absolute tear there. So that caught me by surprise as well. Obviously, they did bring in Talbot this year to be the guy, and they wanted to give him that chance after kind of getting injured there. But when he got a backup goaltender playing as well as he was to just say, hey, you know what, Talbot, we're giving you back-to-back -back nights, that caught me off guard as well. So uh, then you throw, you do throw Kakinen in his first game against the Colorado Avalanche in a long time. They ripped six goals against him. Like, that, that's a perfect way to kill a goaltender's confidence. So, yeah, I don't know who they'll roll with tonight. Probably Talbot if I had to guess. 
Uh, but yeah, that definitely caught me off guard as well. He still has uh, the nine two to one save percentage. Yeah, he he did. He he got lit up by the Avs. But before that, he had the shutout. He's got two shutouts in his last four games. But yep. Talbot has been the guy who's getting the starts. I I you know I think he's gonna get one here with the uh, with the back to back. So uh, yeah, I mean they got Vegas tomorrow. Are they gonna throw him into Vegas? Like here you go, we'll just chuck you into Vegas on the the second half of a back to back. Good luck. Maybe he's kid. just a dummy at this point where they're like, you know what? Anytime we're gonna play these high f- uh, powering <laughs> offenses on the road, yeah, Kacken, and you're getting the start, bud. <laughs> I'm not really seeing a whole lot from a, a shop prop standpoint when it comes to these guys the zuccarello thing we've been off that one for for a little bit now he's it was fun 1.5 he's not a big shooter but we were we were getting it but even still dk has him at minus 177 there's no chance i'm gonna get involved there fiala has been close lately I, I thought he played pretty good against the sharks he had a goal i think he had an assist as well but he still didn't get over the two and a half and and vander kane is always one of those guys at three and a half too i never i never go there but it, it always you know, I always look at it a second time when I see the plus money there, but I'm, I'm not going to get involved. A guy I will get involved is Dustin Brown again. Why not? As we move to the Kings and Vegas, Golden Knights at home, minus 215, 15 and 18 against the spread. Total here, 5.5 plus 180. So we had this along with Colorado on Monday, the, the parlay, the two puck line parlay. Don't like to do that too often. Not sure I'll go back to it. Vegas scares me a little bit more than Colorado when it comes to, to the puck line, but it does look like, I don't know for sure, Griff, if we're going to get Alex Petrangelo back in the lineup, but he's been skating. I know he's pretty close. So that's going to be a solid addition, of course, for, for that team. But Dustin Brown, the, the two and a half shots is this guy. I don't want to say that he's a lock. He's automatic. He's minus minus one thirty four DK 14 straight games. He's had at least three shots and 18 of 21. It's a very large sample size there for Dustin Brown. What do you think? Kings upset, Vegas puck line, stay away. What are you thinking here? Yeah, I definitely don't know if I want to bet on the Kings on the road here. If we just take a look at the numbers for Vegas, they're 14, two and one at home this year. So little hesitant to bet against them when they are playing there. The puck line with the plus money there is probably the route that I would go. If you have a lot of money in your account, you want to put it on the money line. I think that'd be a safe bet as well. Um, I don't know who's going to get the start here tonight. Flower has been a little shakier over the past few games, and Robin Leonard's looked good since coming back from injury. From what I was reading last night, it sounds like they're going to give the go to Flower here tonight. That doesn't concern me. I still think Vegas has enough to where they can win this game. But if he does get the start, I might avoid the puck line a little bit more um, if it were Leonard. But yeah, that, that's where I'm looking right now. I mean, if we take a look here um, at some of the shot props as well, the first one that sticks out to me is that you said Dustin Brown. I mean, he's firing the puck like a madman as of late, averaging about 4.2 shots per game over his past 10. I think you just said it. He's hit it in you know double-digit games here. So that's the one that sticks out to me. I did name drop Pacioretty earlier as a guy that does go over three and a half, uh, but I'm always a little hesitant to hit anything over three and a half because four shots is you know is quite a bit but he loves to shoot the puck no doubt about oh, that he loves to shoot it yeah puck hog is no no issues shooting i i i tend to i've not seen it here on dk but depending on your book sometimes he's like plus 170 to get um an assist okay you know i know he likes to shoot a lot but he's playing with some good players you get a power play all of a sudden you know he gets assist a rebound and, and he pops one and, and away you go but for for patch ready for goals like this is a guy that i normally take as well you know eight to one whatever for first goal but plus 125 is not bad for for an anytime goal for a sniper ovechkin's been plus 125 150 for you know the past 10 days or so he's been on a heck of a run if you want to parlay a couple snipers in together i know ovechkin's obviously not playing but um you know a ratnan a patch even those two just together or kyle connor or matthews and kind of a way you go for a, for a different kind of pro, a parlay for you. Yeah. There's nothing from the other than that. What you mentioned with, with Brown and Max Petrietti, I've been doing Marsha so a little bit here and there, but he has been hit or miss. I don't think it's really needed with some of the other props we've, we brought up. Okay. So the final game here, Vancouver plus money at home, plus one Oh five, 17 to 20 against the spread Calgary minus minus one twenty two, fifteen and 22. This is go time for the flames. I'm not totally confident in their game, Griff, um, they've lost now five of their past six games. I know that Vancouver 
is a bit of a, an easier opponent for them. But, you know, with that said, Thatcher Demko has been very, very strong so far this season. I know there, there's some reports about working out an extension with him. He's got a nine one seven save percentage. He's 12, 12 and one for Vancouver. Calgary, I don't know. I'd probably just stay away. I'm more tempted, to be honest, to, to lay my money on Vancouver, but I don't really want to put, again, money on a team that I just don't feel great in. I just don't either. I don't feel great in Calgary either. I just, as we talked about in the show, I don't know. It was a couple weeks ago when the coaching change happened. What, what was it? No, Matt, it was uh, the Habs fire Julian when we were on, right? With uh, Pete yeah. Jensen? Yep. We had somebody on with Sutter, and then that change happened as well. I think maybe Nick Albergo from, from Sportsnet. We had one of those guys on, and we were just debating if it even mattered, the, the coaching change with the personnel. And then Sutter's calling out Goudreau, and Johnny played a little bit better in the next game. But this Flames team, man, they just they don't score a lot of goals. Markstrom's given up some goals. They just don't look good in my eyes. Yeah, I'm right there with you, especially with Vancouver having a 10-day layoff here. I think it's 10 days since they last played. Demko was great heading into that break. I think his last two games, he was a little shakier, but the eight games prior to that, he was really, really good. Basically stealing games for the Canucks there for a little bit. Um, but yeah, you don't like to see that within your first couple of weeks as a head coach where you got a player like Goudreau, who's supposed to be one of your top guys, responding to you and saying, look, dude, you've been here for two weeks. I've played 500 games here. Like, who are you to say that I need to take my game up to the next notch? Um, yeah, I'm a little hesitant to bet it either way. I guess if I did have to, I probably would lean Vancouver here just a little bit. Uh, you do get the plus money on them at home. Hopefully with that, you know, 10-day layover, Demko could kind of reset. He was playing a lot of games there. Uh, so hopefully he can kind of reset and get back to it. But yeah, I'm a little sketched out to bet this Calgary team right now. Um, you know, when you got player coach confrontations in the first few weeks of your your new team, that's never a good sign. No, it's not. Like you can be calling out your best player already. Like right. I, I get it. Sutter, Sutter's a hard ass, but I mean, there's I, there's really no need of it. But maybe maybe he gets going. I thought he looked like I said. I thought he looked pretty good. I think he had five shots and a goal after that call out. Uh, Matt, are we overthinking this? Like the Flames minus one twenty two. They just don't seem like a good hockey team. They got worked over by the Sens a couple games in a row. We talked about that. Remember, we were like, maybe we just continue to bet Ottawa again. I, like, what do you think? Uh, I think the play here is just I, I like the Canucks at plus money. To me, these teams are very similar in just reliability in the betting world. Um, and if Demko goes for the Canucks, that'll just reinforce it even more. I think this is similar to how me and you were discussing the Leafs and Jets just then. Is You like the plus money at the Jets, but it's a close game and you should probably stay away kind of thing. I just like the plus money on the Canucks. Um, plus 105, I'm okay with that. I'll probably take the puck line on the Canucks too because it's just it's nice i think you can find plus one and a half elsewhere and if you don't want the just plus one um yeah give me the canucks tonight i i just have no faith in the flames oh, they look brutal i mean i, I, I think i'm gonna take the inner go ahead griff no they, they got I, I just never understood some of the coaching styles that he brings in i mean matthew kachuk and milan lucic are damn near averaging the same amount on time on ice over their past 10 games <laughs> In no world should Milan Lucic be playing the same amount of minutes as Kachuk. So those are just the types of things that you do see with him. And I understand in the NHL, especially nowadays, you need depth in order to go on a run. But like, first and foremost, dude, you got to make the playoffs before you can consider having your third line be someone that can help push you through that. So those are just little things that do concern me. So that's another reason as to why I probably would lean Vancouver here. But I might just keep money in my wallet for this one and sit back and watch it. It's, it's probably the right call, right? We're talking about two average teams. And as bad as the Canucks have been, they have identical records. So <laughs> the Flames have been just as bad as Vancouver. Maybe, the, maybe not the goal differential. They've only allowed 112 to 120. Wow, big deal. Like this Flames team has been, has been awful. They've been very, very bad. And you're right. I mean, Lucic, he shouldn't be – just because you coached Lucic with the Kings and he bought into your system and he combined your system now does not mean he should be getting the same amount of ice time as Matthew Kachuk like great eye by you that's ludicrous I didn't even know that it's crazy and it bothers me but yeah the Flames are 
four points back of the Canadians for that final spot in the North. And they played five more games. Like they played five games while the Habs were off and they gained two points on them. So this is a team that's just, it, they don't look good. It doesn't look like they have the the drive or the personnel, like I said, to, to get into the postseason. I'll probably just, I think I'm leaning under because the flames have just, like I said, they're not showing me anything offensively. We like Thatcher Demko. The Canucks are not scoring a ton of goals. So without Elias Pettersson, I don't know. I think the under may be the play, but you're probably right. Greg. Like like, let's just, let's just maybe bet on other teams that, you know, are right. good in the NHL. Uh, let's move over to DK and see what we're doing here tonight. You've been killing it with your videos. So I'm excited to get your thoughts. So let's start at center. We got Matthews up at nine, two McKinnon at nine Couture. What a drop off in price. Six, five Kopitar, six, three Shifley, six, two Horvat, six, one Tavares is six Miller, five, nine, Kadri five eight and Lindholm five seven. What do you think? Are you going all the way up to the top of the board? Hit McKinnon and find some value elsewhere. Yeah, that's usually what I do. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I probably sound like a broken record when I do talk about that Colorado Avalanche top line. But if you're not playing them, you're probably losing money at some point. Whether you're just you know grabbing one of those guys or playing the full line stack, there's so much opportunity from these guys night in and night out. They not only play big minutes and play on that top power play they're finally starting to produce at the level we've really expected them to they, they've been good all year but they've been phenomenal as of late so yeah I look at McKinnon you know obviously Matthews is always intriguing even at 9-2 the dude he's looked much better after coming off that week break goals and back-to-back games but if I'm not going with McKinnon there or even if I do go with McKinnon uh, the next guy I probably look at then there is Mark Shifley in uh, in that Toronto game you know we kind of talked about it earlier Jets kind of shuffling their lines up a little bit this is the line I think you want to play together, right? Shifley, Connor, and Ehlers have been the three best forwards for them all season. Now you put all three of them together and you know, that's second. Well, I don't even know what we're calling them now. Second line, first line of Stastny, Wheeler, and Pierre-Luc Dubois. There, there are no slouches there. It's just I'm that much more enthused with Shifley, Connor, and Ehlers. So I look at those two guys right at the top. Um, but yeah, McKinnon is probably going to be in most, if not all, of my lineups tonight. Yeah, I agree. Um, love the Shifley call. The, the problem that I have with, with Stastny, Wheeler, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, like who's going to shoot on that line? Right. Somebody's got to shoot the puck. and can pass to each other the whole time. But you're dead on. Like Shifley's playing with the two snipers in Connor and Ehlers. And like we said earlier, it seemed like that change that they made, I guess was would be the third game against the Flames, seemed to spark Shifley's game. Not that he really needed it. He's having a great season. But there was a, a moment there mostly from Blake Wheeler. Like you look at the back of his hockey card and it's, you know, he's not doing a whole lot. So that is the line. I'd throw a couple, I mean, Kadri five, eight, if you're looking to be a bit different, if you're only going to put one lineup in a tournament, everyone's going to have McKinnon and, and company, maybe be a bit, bit different with Kadri. You mentioned Yost earlier two eight. I mean, something there potentially in larger fields, not in cash, but I'm with you at the top of the board with Nate. And I like Shifley at six, two Pierre Luc Dubois is four. I think he's four, four. But um, I get always oh, 4K. But again, I think that's I think that first line is is where you're gonna go. All right, over to wing. We got up at the top here, Mitch Marner, eight two, Patriotti eight. Rantanen has been stuck on this price, and it just I just feel like it's been disrespectful. He was at eight K a couple times, I guess. He went seven six, seven two against Vegas, and then seven five. Now he's seven six. I just feel like he's underpriced. Landeskog is back up to seven uh, two. This is another guy who was low six for for quite some time. Most of this run that the Avs have been on, he's been around mid six, but he's up here at seven two. Kane seven one, Mark Stone seven, Ehlers six nine, Connor six eight. So both of those guys uh, intriguing for sure. Brock Besser six seven, Kaprizov six six, and then JVR, who's in a bit of a a slump. He is six, five. What do you think here? Yeah, uh, you're not wrong. Rantanen should be at least $8,000 now. Um, I, you you kind of see that every now with some of these wingers. I mean, Patty Kane all of last week, even, you know, he was in the seven, four, seven, five K range. And I just couldn't believe it. I just kept firing him in my lineup. So at seven, six, you know, he's like I said, should be at least AK Miko Rantanen, Landis Gog, you know, I'd sound like a broken record talking <laughs> about these guys, but it, yeah, those are the, obviously the guys that stick out to me, but if we want to get away from, you know, some of the chalky plays here a little bit, um, you know, I, if we go down here, Claude Giroux, you know, mm. 
they are playing Buffalo. We did see them score four goals in the third period overtime the other day. You know, him and you could stack him up with someone like Jake Boracek. I believe they're still playing together. But either way, they're going to get some time on the power play. Drew, as along with Couturier, have been two of the more consistent forwards for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, looking at his past 10 games here, five goals, four assists, nine points, shooting the puck about three shots per game, averaging about 11 DraftKings points per game. And he does have 27 points in 32 games this year. You're just not hearing a whole lot about Philly as of late because it's more so the struggles and the goaltending issues that are highlighting their team. So Drew at 5-1 against a Buffalo team that allows quite a few goals is a good way that you could probably get a little bit contrarian with high upside for a guy that's going to play solid minutes and play on that top power play as well. Yeah, I love it. I was going to bring up Philly if you didn't because of what we talked about earlier with just both of these two teams. We, I, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I like the total, the over the over the six. I mean, Buffalo is going to have to do their part. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of these Philly guys are actually – I feel like they're underpriced. Besides Couturier, even still 6'5 is a really good price for him. I think that second line, um, you know, Hayes, you mentioned Voracek, Claude Giroux, that's interesting. A lot of these guys, too, they could correlate as well in the power play. You got JVR, Couturier, Voracek, Giroux on that power play. Provorov has been shooting a lot. We know Gossespierre is not going to be in the lineup, so Provorov's going to get that top – or not even on D, but he's going to get that top PP time. Yep. Uh, you know, they took Farabee away from Couturier. I was – kind of bothered by that I mean he was among the leaders in five and five goals I know they're trying to get a spark potentially Konechny is up on that top line he's I don't know he's not really doing a whole lot he doesn't have the same scoring touch as Farabee and it doesn't shoot as much but it's somebody to to maybe think about all these guys I mean they're under 6k and and what is a good matchup against the Sabres right so right um definitely in on that a couple guys I mean we mentioned Stastny he's 3-8 uh Marcus Johansson He's been getting top power play time for many. I believe he's on the second line. He is 2-8. He scored a goal. He's got goals in back-to-back games, actually. Four shots over that span, three points. Played 16 minutes the other night, 19 the game before that. So he's got, uh, quick math, 29, 29.3 DK points over his past couple games. Like that matchup. I think a lot of people maybe that went to Kaprizov or they they had some sort of stack against San Jose that didn't work out. I know a lot of people that play DFS now are, are sharp. They they for, you have to forget about what happened in the last game. You gotta have a short memory. But I think Mini is is definitely in play against San Jose as well. As we move over to defense, Shea Theodore six three. Mentioned Petrangelo. He returned to practice just the other day, non-contact jersey, so I doubt he plays six two. Giordano, 5'9", Martinez, 5'8", all that guy does is block shots. Makar, 5'7", Chikrin, 5'6", Burns, 5'5", Doughty, 5'4", Riley, 5'3", then Provorov. So I mentioned Provorov. He's got, uh, look at the shots, 12 in his last two, 19 in his last three, and 23 shots on goal in his last four games, 25 minutes, 24, 26, and 25 minutes over that span. I'm in on him. Who else do you like on D? Yeah, I mean, Shea Theodore's played much better. Looks like the Shea Theodore we've kind of expected to be over the past handful of games, playing big minutes, playing on that top power play. But if you do want to get away from him, and you don't necessarily need to, I don't think he's going to be too chalky, but you just mentioned it, Alec Martinez. The dude is a shot-blocking machine. And if you just look here at fantasy points per game with Petrangelo on the IR, Martinez leads all defensemen with Jacob Chikrin there at 11.4 points per game. Mm, impressive. So it, it, I know he doesn't play on the first power play, but he's still going to get you big minutes and he's averaging 3.3 block shots per game. He kind of sticks out to me and, you know, I'll kind of stick with this theme here right now, because obviously Kale McCarr is like a Shea Theodore going to play solid offensive defenseman, but Devin Tays, you know, he, he's not a guy, he's a guy that's not afraid to shoot the puck, puck, he'll block shots, rack up solid DraftKings points. And if we just look at his past 10 games here, he's averaging about 25 minutes per game. So that's another guy that sticks out to me. Those are probably two guys that you could get at lower ownership with double digit DraftKings upside and maybe even 20 point upside as well. Yeah, I like that call. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, Taves has been, he's been phenomenal blocking shots. There was that, that's, moment when Makar was out when Taves was getting like 26 27 minutes yeah the the two games over the last four with at least seven shots is is crazy what a luxury I mean they have so many good players so many stupid it's it's so stupid how good they are I mean they got to go on a cup run this year I understand it's going to be tough to get through Vegas but assuming they can do that that should be theirs to kind of take I guess it'll be interesting to see how the playoffs kind of shake out with the new divisions and stuff but 
I certainly wouldn't want my team playing Colorado at any point in the playoffs right now. No, not at all. Uh, just the way that Makar and Taves and Gerard skate with the puck, and then, you know, Bowen Byram's going to be a heck of a player for them down the road, too. Yeah, they have a lot of very nice pieces, and McKinnon's on, like, the best contract in the NHL. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And then we mentioned Grubauer and how good he's been. Uh, I wanted to – Minnesota was just looking at their power plays. Man, they really mess around with their power plays. Like, sometimes it's Dumbo on that first unit and, and Sutter and or Suter or, and Spurgeon, and I'm seeing Brodine now on the first unit. It's tough to to really get a feel for any of these guys. And the Sharks lead the league in penalties taken per game, like time shorthanded per game. So that's why I feel like it's a decent matchup. Yeah, they give up a lot of rubber five-on-five, five, but if they take five or six penalties, maybe we can fall into a couple Minnesota goals here. Brodeen's on that first unit, but, oh man, Hartman, Rask, and Johansson on that second unit is not all that appealing. But all their D, 4-3 and under, like Spurgeon's 4-3, Brodeen's 4-3, Dumba's 4-2. And then Suter is 3-9. I think if I had to choose one, it would be Spurgeon. Um, but I I'll think say him or Brodeen. I, yeah. I'd probably flip a coin between the two. I think the upside that Spurgeon has is he is more of a natural goal scorer from the blue line, probably walks the blue line a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Brodeen has the upside is he'll probably block a few more shots. So that's what I'm seeing. You do like to see Spurgeon just score two goals here three games ago. So and he had three shots the other night. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's hard to, t- you know, h- hard to justify, especially considering they're only got a 10% success rate on the power play this year. As yeah. a it's not not very good. But hey, if we want to stay in that same game and ride a, ride the tidal wave a little bit. Let's do it. Eric Carlson. Carlson. One. Yeah. Why where not? I was going. I mean, <laughs> he scores two goals and then he comes down in the shootout there at the clap bomb at the hash marks <laughs> to, to send it home. He has the post-game interview, eat an apple. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> seems like the confidence might be there now. Played 25 minutes in that game. I wouldn't be afraid to ride that one out at 4.1K. I'm not afraid either. I like the call. Yeah, why not? I mean, this guy is, he's going to show the reporter about one of his his old vintage <laughs> games. Yeah, you want to see a good game. Here you go. Uh, yeah, 4-1, looking healthy. Seven shots, as you mentioned, the past two games. Maybe he can block three or four for us as well. I like the call, Carlson call. All right, goalie, and we'll get you out of here. Grubauer, 8-4. Um, I, I would expect it's Grubauer, but they could give him a night off. But I don't typically spend up at the top like that. You know, Colorado not giving up a whole lot. Flurry, you mentioned Flower, going to get the call here maybe. They got a game tomorrow, 8-2. We know Carter Hart is not going to get the start. Brian Elliott is 8-1. Uh, Leonard's at 8. Campbell is 8. Uh, and so is Hutchinson if he gets the start. Both mini goalies here are 7-9. Marks from 7-7. Seven, seven. Where is Thatcher Demko? He's 7-6. Mm-hmm. Hellebuck 7-5. Hellebuck is like the poster boy for GPPs, is he not? He's the boomer bus guy. I mean, he could get yanked and give you a minus, which uh, I give. There it is. It's a, 10 games ago, minus 3.5. A couple of our NBA guys over at FTM played hockey for the first time because the NBA was uh, on an all-star break, and I gave them Connor Hellebuck as a start. He got yanked early <laughs> on. Uh, but he has been like both sides of it, right? He gives you the 32 points. The save bonus is always in play for him. Or he just gets shelled and he gets eight or 10 points. I don't know. I'm kind of into him at seven, five. I know it's very, very risky, but uh, if you're, I know you're playing tonight. What are you doing in that? Yeah. So uh, I'm actually looking at my spreadsheet here right now. So right at the top, obviously Grubauer is probably a guy that if you want to throw him in, he's probably locked in for a W, but how many shots is he going to see? That's really the concern for, for Grubauer. Should still play pretty well. But I do lean as kind of my top tender there, Flurry or Leonard, whoever ends up getting the start. You know, a little more expensive in the AK range there. But as I mentioned earlier, Vegas is 14-2-1 at home this year. I do think they'll see a few more shots than Grubauer would from the LA Kings compared to the Coyotes. So if I just probably want to lock somebody in, it, it probably will be one of those goaltenders, whoever starts for the Vegas Golden Knights. But yeah, Hellebuck, the note I'm looking at here, playing really well as of late but more of a GPP play with high upside. That's kind of the way that I'm looking at that type of play. If you do need to save the money, 
you could maybe still go there and cash. You know, he's got double-digit DraftKings points here in six straight games, eight of his last 10. So even if he does get the loss, there is that potential that he'll see 30-plus shots and could still get you those double-digit DraftKings points. Uh, but yeah, Hellebuck would be more of a GPP play for me because uh, anytime you're playing Austin Matthews, that dude can yeah. fire in a few by himself. So uh, always a little sketchy to go in that route. Yeah, you can't you can't play him in cash. I agree, Maddie. What do you got for us for the picks on Monday? Maddie, best wake up. I'm just kidding. Oh, Mike. look at me muted. Mike's That's muted. fun. That's oh, a good he's time. muted. Mike's muted. <laughs> That's oh, a good, good time, time for everyone. All I was right. like, did we put Matt asleep? I mean, come on here. <laughs> no, I didn't no, think Mike's it was muted. There's a lot of buttons <laughs> to push behind the scenes. Um, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, perfect week for you for picks, or perfect day for you. Four right. you yeah, I'm I sorry. picked Buffalo. Not a, not as an official pick. At the end, you threw it in, but you didn't give it you as part. You didn't give it official. Come on, give me the loss there. I you, will put I, all my money on Buffalo. No, I I count the picks that you give out when you rattle them straight in a row. Those are like your picks for the show. That's how I've been doing it consistently. Because at the end of some shows, you do go, and I guess we'll throw this guy away. in, and then you're I like, okay, show's away. over. But like the picks. four that you did give out, you gave out Jets money line, Jets under, Abs puck line, and Edmonton money line. They all hit. I I'll like subtly knock you for making me throw money on Buffalo. I'll just jab <laughs> you, you for that. Absolutely. But I, but it wasn't an official pick on the show. Brings your win loss to ninety nine and sixty four. Uh, you're one away from that one hundred mark, my friend. And now for shot props, uh, two and two. Marner, you missed. Rantanen, you hit. Brown, you hit. Connor, you missed. Brings you to thirty five and nine for your shots. So uh, pretty good. Yeah. Let's let's keep it rolling. Just make nice. me don't don't pick Buffalo. So you're saying that I should pick Buffalo. I didn't technically get the loss on Monday. I deserve a loss. I should <laughs> you, pick the Sabres. You get bonus points, losing points, because A, I pumped it out on social media for us, and B, you made <laughs> me put money on it, and C, I didn't hedge either. But, I mean, our DMs back and forth were hilarious about the game, so I'll, I'll just... it's Yeah. What a, Thanks for not sharing those, by yeah. the way. <laughs> That's why I asked beforehand. <laughs> It's like, wow, Buffalo's really rolling right now. Next sweat emoji. Next one. Oh, my God. These guys better not blow this. And then and then it was just game over for me and my career. If Matt threw that out, I'm kidding. Uh, okay. I almost ended my own career. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I'm on the same page here with Griff, which is a good thing. This guy's sharp. Uh, I like Philly and Buffalo over. I'm going to lean with the Jets. So I am uh, off you know, away from you guys a little bit. But that is a, that's a tough game. It really is a coin flip. I'm, I'm I'm leaning Jets there, but sit back if you want and then watch it. It should be very entertaining. Colorado puck line, Minnesota, and the under. And I like Vegas too. I know they're they're juiced here, but you can just include them in some parlays. Uh, I you know what Griff mentioned is very appealing with you know Colorado and Vegas puck line. If you got some, you got a bit of bankroll, you want to chuck um, money on those two guys, but those two teams. So Colorado puck line, mini in the under probably my my favorite three and then i'll go vegas philly buffalo over and then i'm in on the jets for shot props it's the same guys i think that you brought up uh we're real repetitive here brown connor marner rantanen like mckinnon as well a lot of those guys for first or anytime fiala marcia so rantanen got this weird feeling about connect me just because of couturier how good he is and then connor what do you got griff you got some stuff anything there that i didn't get that you wanted to bring up no, you hit the ones that I'm primarily looking at. I think if, you know, if I, I really like that call on maybe even doing a parlay of the Vegas Golden Knights on the money line with the abs on the puck line. If the, you know, if you want to go, you want to go puck line there for Vegas as well, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But if you hit, hit them on the money line right now with the abs on the puck line, that's giving you plus 177 on DraftKings. So I don't mind that at all. But yeah, I think, I think the one that's really sticking out to me here is the abs on the puck line. Like I said, at home, they're seven and one on the puck line here over their past eight games, playing this Arizona team that they've, you know, pretty much beat up on. I understand that that last game, um, Arizona did win in overtime, but outside of that abs have pretty much dominated those games shot props i'm right there with you as well uh marner's been firing the puck like a bad man like him at two and a half miko rantanen you know i kind of talked about that earlier minus 182 isn't the best if you can get get him at william hill certainly do that um but if i am if i am going to go with him i'm probably going to parlay it with somebody or 
put two units on Miko Ranton in there. So like that, like Gabe Landeskog, even at two and a half over, really anybody from that first line you can fire up. And then Dustin Brown, I mean, I know I know the guy's getting a bit older, but as he said, was a 14, 15 straight games. He's hit the over here. So, um, you know, he hasn't let us down yet. Let's ride him out. Yeah, let's ride him out. And, and just quickly on the way out, like for people who just think that maybe this is a fluke for Brown, I know he's got the the 15.6 shooting percentage is a career high for him. But I mean, you go back to his other days, you're right. He is a little bit older, but 292 shots on goal one season. Like this has been a guy who's, who's cleared 200 a, a handful of times in his career and he's playing with a very underrated player in Andre Kopitar. And that right. just, those, those guys have had chemistry now for years, right? Ever since Kopitar has been into the lineup uh, or drafted years ago uh, as a top five pick. So yeah, there you go. Um, those are the picks. I Calgary and Vancouver, you can chuck in on that if you want, but I do like the under there, the 5.5. Um, a shout out Griff, phenomenal stuff. Uh, check him out, his YouTube uh, channel, subscribe. He's doing videos every day. Uh, you can catch him here on the Mayo Media Network at times as well, at GriffDogDFS. Uh, thanks, Matty Best, as always. And good luck tonight. And we'll be back on Friday with Cam Stewart. He's going to be fired up. You know he's going to be fired up. Thanks so much for hanging out. Leave a comment in the YouTube section. Circle back before a puck drop. Take care. Cheers.